Welcome to Industry Minds, the podcast that discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Scarlett Maltman. And my name is Cathy Reed. And today we are joined by the glorious, the fabulous, one of my best pals, Ada McCall. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad that you're in London. Oh, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. The sun's shining just for you. Beautiful weather. I got sunburn in my face yesterday in South Bank, yeah. He's so Scottish. I know, can't (laughs) escape. (laughs) Amazing. So we're just going to play a little word association game first. Paradou. Oh, I can't, I can't lift things. (laughs) I have a bad back. (laughs) Sequined hot pants. Fabulous. Spotlight. Oh, pictures. (laughs) Profit share. Oh, no. Like, yeah, yeah. Graduation. Anxiety. Flared jazz pants. Lynn Bustard. <laughs> Padaburi. Oh, um, smarty tubing round my go. Nipple tassels. I want some. Do you? Oh, I know what you're getting for Crimbo. So, Aidan. Yes. Let's talk mental health. Let's just go back to the beginning. When did you first acknowledge that? you were having mental health struggles oh that's yeah well that's a big question so um I think I've I've struggled with mental health throughout my life I think that would be fair to say and I I saw a therapist when I was like a kid when I was really young but I didn't really understand what it was because I wasn't sleeping properly at night and I was I didn't like being left in a room by myself and things like that so I, I, at that age, I didn't know that that's what that was. But I think the first time I realised I was struggling with mental health was when I was at Knightswood, um, which was the, the Dance School of Scotland, um, where I went with the fabulous Scarlett. And um, I had a I had a bit of a traumatic situation at the time. Um, my brother's daughter passed away really suddenly, and we were best friends. We were brought up together. Um, but I had been struggling with mental health before that had happened, and I think that that obviously traumatic experience kind of brought it out even more so. And I, the, the first time I was in a room with one of our fabulous teachers, Graham Dickey, and I was really upset. I was an absolute mess. And he, he was like, I, th- I think you need help. And I was like, yeah, I think I do. And that was, I think that was the first time that I openly said, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what did you do? Did, did you think that helped having someone sit and say to you, you need to seek further help? Did that encourage you to do it? Or did that make you go, no, 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 I don't need help? Because... I've been in that situation. Yeah. I've been like, do I fuck need help? I'm yeah. fine. Um, it was a bit of both, to be honest, because I knew, I knew what was going on, but I thought it was just grief. I wouldn't. I, I didn't think it was like well, grief is mental health, but I didn't think it was like you know. And um, so then I went to drama school, and um, in my first first week of first year, one of my acting tutors said to me like, I think you would benefit from some kind of in-house counselling, which was really great that they had that, and. I'm not gonna lie, the first time I went, I was like, I don't need this, like, who are you? Like, what is this? I don't need to talk, like, I'm fine, this is all fine. But no, it, it was one of the best things I ever did, mm-hmm. yeah. And how, what was it about going to a counsellor and having that constant help? How, how long did you, did you go to sessions? Yeah, I think it was about six weeks. It was once a week for six weeks. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I always shake, that's anxiety. Yeah, well, there it is. <laughs> um, which is another thing, sorry, I'm going off topic, but like uh, sometimes when I go into auditions or um, I'm performing in front of people and they say, oh, you're shaking. And yeah, I'm nervous, but like I, 
I have like I shake all the time and it's part of the anxiety so like then it multiplies and uh, yeah yeah um but yes um six weeks once a week for six weeks and then I chased other means through my own once that was done because that wasn't obviously through the NHS that wasn't through like a GP or whatever that was in-house at drama school um and it was useful yeah but uh, at the end of it I felt better but I knew then that I still had work to do so I went and got that for myself yeah and and can you expand on that what what do you mean by yourself as in you've done it you've done more self-care or you got you got private help um, I went to my doctor and I spoke to my doctor, which is really scary um, because I think there's a total stigma, especially I'm from Claybank, which is quite like a working class area in Scotland. And um, it's not really something a lot of my family have struggled with mental health and it's not really something we talk about. And it, it's it's becoming a bigger thing now because of everything that's happened. But me going to the doctors, it, it was a big deal to tell my mum that's why I was that I'm going to go to the doctors because I don't feel great right now and I felt really I felt really guilty for making a doctor's appointment to talk about my head um but then once I was there and it was you know it was of course of course like it's you can't help how you feel you know like it's the same as like if you get a flu or you get the cold or any other illness so um I had I had some help from the doctors and then um I've only recently just kind of discovered self-care and Maybe be abusing it a little bit, but like, <laughs> yeah. So, what do you mean by self care? Oh, okay. So, self care, um, doing things for yourself. So, I, um, I recently went to America. Like, I traveled to America for a month, and and it was it was amazing. It was something I'd done before. I went and worked at a summer camp, and ever since I like, I did it a break going into my third year of drama school, and I really wanted to go back since I'd done it and then you know you graduate and you get an agent and you start to audition and you're like I can't be unavailable for a month like my self-care this year was doing that like uh, it was a it was a really difficult decision to go it was a far more difficult decision than it should have been and you know I felt like I was admitting defeat like I was being really selfish like I'm you feel guilty as well like people say to you is your agent happy about this is, is are you ha-? like no one asked me like are you happy about this um so that was my biggest self-care this year I went and you know I, I'm not gonna lie before I went I think I was at a little bit of a difficult place in my mind that often happens as we are unemployed in this industry and we're auditioning and nothing's happening and you know I I think that saved me like I went I did things that was nothing to do with what we do because actors are really employable in other areas. I'm just putting that out there. So, um, <laughs> like, you know, like I was, I was running a thing called Evening Programme, which was like big discos for kids and it had to be themed. So we'd have to do like scenes or skits or, you know, and just even just standing up, talking to a group of people like that, that's, that comes from what we do and that comes from our training. And it was nice to do something that kind of has something to do with what we do, but not really. And that was my that was my self care. Yeah, it saved me. I came back and I was refocused and ready again. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's so true. We I haven't been on a proper holiday for I haven't been away for more than four days since I graduated, and I've only been away twice since I graduated abroad. That hasn't been for work because I'm like, well, I can't go because what if this happens? But over the last kind of few months, I've just been thinking, you know what? I need a holiday. I need to get away. I need to lie on a beach. Yeah. Well, the thing is as well, like if anyone else 
in any other, not normal job, but in any other job was to take a break. It wouldn't really be debated as much, but whereas with ours, we, we feel like we have to constantly make ourselves, anyone who's self-employed probably, not just people in this industry, we are allowed to have a break. Like it is so fine. Even if you're not working per se, like we're still working to make rent and to live. So you, you, you it's important. It's good for your head. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the thing as well that I've suffered with, you know, my partner, he's in a normal nine to five job. And he's like, okay, well, we'll go away at this point. And I'm like, well, I won't know till the week before because I might get an addition. Yeah. And then my head goes, well, I could book now and let my agent know, but like, what if I get that addition that's going to be the next big, big thing? And I think that's part of my anxiety as well. My head builds up this massive picture. If yeah. I go away, oh, I'm go- I don't want to spend £500 on a, on a plane ticket back or, like, yeah. you know, like, oh, this might be the job. And then I could miss that opportunity. Oh, and then God. I put pressure on my relationship, had an argument because my partner wants to go away. And I'm just sat there waiting for an email for a holiday. And I think that's a huge part, part of this industry, do you? Like, yeah. if you miss that, like, what's for you won't go by you. Yeah. I know it's horrible to say at no, some point, so but it is true. Yeah, it's it's, there's always ways around it. It's not a healthy way to live, sitting waiting for the next edition. It's, it's really, it's not. And, like, we're all guilty of it. Like, I refresh my emails quite a lot. <clears throat> and then anytime my phone rings, there is this sudden heartbeat of, like, it's my agent. Um, which is so, ugh, I hate myself for that. But um, and, and then I have a go at my friends for for doing it but I do the exact same thing um yeah no take the time turn off your phone go sit in the sun like go do what I don't know whatever holiday you want to have like who cares cares? I think that's brilliant you just went I need to do me I'm gonna go away and your agent is a person they're gonna understand like people are people like yeah yeah did you feel that your mental health had improved after you've been away for a month Massively. Well, I first came back and I had like the traveling blues, like post holiday blues, um, working holiday. But yeah, it, it was, it was obviously very uh, over there. What I do, like summer camps, if anyone's been, it's not, it's not the real world. It's not reality, and that's what's great about it. But you come back, and I was, I was upset to be back, but I was the most ready and refocused I had been in such a long time. Like I wanted, obviously, we want to work and we want to achieve things, but. I, whatever happens happens like see spending time sorry I'm ranting now but spending time with people that have nothing to do with our industry I think is so important like obviously it's important to have friends in our industry but going to America and meeting people that are like studying maths or like or school teachers or anything chefs whatever it, it's so nice it's so nice to not talk about it because even when you have your performer friends, I think we're all quite guilty of being like, how's things? And how's things has to mean, how's additions? So like, I've been trying to combat that recently. Like um, like a friend of ours phoned us recently, Shannon, she's great. And it was how's things? And I knew what she meant by it. Like she won't be offended by that. But yeah. I was honest, uh, yeah, I watched Netflix. I went to the gym more than once this week. Just, <clears throat> we're, more, we're more than that. We're more than that. We're more than that, yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, me and Scarlett, both our boyfriends work in the NHS and when I've had a really bad day or something's really stressful, like I remember my boyfriend works in intensive care, we're not saving lives. We are lucky that when we get a job in this industry, we get to literally have fun because it's what we love doing, but we are not saving lives. So we can give ourselves a little bit of a break sometimes, I think. Go to the spa, chill out, lads. Have chocolate, have that Domino's pizza. Have you deserve it. it. I've had three I've had pizzas it, yeah. this week and I'm not ashamed. Not. <gasps> You've had three? Yeah, I had one with you though, remember? That oh yeah, we went for a mat. 
two McDonald's this week. That's fine. I love Have us. Best like, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So moving on. So you recently published a blog, and it was absolutely brilliant. I'll link it on at some point so people can read it because it is brilliant. And so you graduated the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland. Before that, you'd done training at Glasgow Academy of Musical Theatre Arts. That's where we met a very long time ago now. How how long ago was that? Oh, God. Six, seven years ago? It must have been longer longer than that. that. Maybe ten. Yeah, like we were babies. Yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. 12 years old, I'm 22, 10 years ago. Yeah, long time. And then Aidan stalked me tonight's wood. No, I'm joking. So you've you've always been based in Scotland. And when you graduated, you made the decision to stay in Glasgow. Absolutely, do it. Um, And in your blog, you know, you you spoke about being 22, still staying at home, working in a pub and people say, saying to you give up yeah. give up you're not going to be the next tom cruise and yeah. all this let's just talk about you know your main points of the blog in person yeah um so yeah i was working a really horrendous closing shift and i like was on my phone because it was really quiet and it was the same customers in and you don't need to think about their order so i was like looking at my phone and there was various successful friends instagram posts you know all around the world cruise ships whatever Big success, great for them, like obviously very happy for them. But you know, when you're working a closing shift in the pub in Claybank in Glasgow, it's, it's a bit depressing. And um, this man said to me, he said, I don't understand why you don't get yourself a normal job. You're still really young. You've got time. You could make yourself really happy. Um, you're never going to be Tom Cruise. And <laughs> it took a lot to not cry in that moment, like just because it couldn't have been timed like more tragically perfect. But um, I... I don't want to be Tom Cruise. Like, I'd much rather be Meryl Streep. But <laughs> oh, Meryl's my woman. Oh, she's amazing. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that was that kind of sent me over the edge. And I do write. I write quite a lot actually, and I think that's something that helps with self care, like writing, like taking time for yourself. That that's really helped me. And so I've never really shared my work other than my best friend Kiara Sparks, who I write with, and I've that's right, I've like named her. Um, who's also amazing check out her singing on her instagram yes she's insane look her up um she she's kind of the only person that's ever really read my writing and i'd i'd met the person that's published my blog and i just i wrote this blog and i was like no 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 like this one's important like this one i need to help because i'm not the only one i'm not the only one working in the pub or working front of house or working in lush i don't know somewhere and yeah so i just kind of sent it out there and the like the the react I was so scared like I was so scared because I thought my agent's going to read this or casting directors are going to read this and they're going to think he doesn't care he went to America for a month or he, you know like he's has too much of an opinion which is a stupid point but it it couldn't have been more opposite like yeah 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 and did it help the reaction you got from everything you said did it help you realize I'm not alone here so many people are in the same boat because I think you know as someone who suffers from anxiety as well, I definitely paint a picture in my head, I am the only one, no one else. And I think, especially since doing this podcast, we're like, we're all the bloody same. We're all in the same boat. Regardless of if you're in the West End, if you're not, we all suffer the exact same thing. And I think that's what makes this industry so amazing that we're all there for each other well exactly we could be like a west end wendy a claybank charlie we're all gonna have inside at the end of the day (laughs) i don't know where that came from um yeah no and i think 
you know, I had friends that I work in the pub with that, that read the blog. And they were like, I really wanted to comment. Like, it rung true with me. Like, some of them just went back to university to retrain in something different. And I was like, no, it's, it's for everyone. Um, but yeah, I think the most important thing that I was saying in that blog was we are we're more than this industry like we're more than our job like it's so okay to have a b job like it's so fine and I, I think there's a bit of shame you know when you meet people and people you trained with or new people and they're like what are you up to are you getting a I, when i get in a taxi and they you know you say you're an actor or you're a theater person i lie now i say that i'm a student because i can't be arsed can i say that yeah yeah, yeah. i can't be arsed talking about it um because it's the whole, what have I seen you in? And they're like, right now you may have seen me in O'Donnell's pub pouring pints. <laughs> um, but, like, it's, there's no shame. Like, there's no shame. It's all time. We're all on our own path. Like, it's going to happen or it might not happen. And that's fine. Um, it's all our own path. And it's so much more than... I think my main point is that when you tell people you're an actor, they, they expect you to be in, like, EastEnders or Tom Cruise or some sort of big advert. And... You know, like, I, I did, like, a really, really small, like, community tour around Scotland and care homes, and it was one of the, like, it was so important, and it was, like, for people with this um, dementia, and I learned new things, and no one wants to hear about that. They want to hear about the big West End jobs, and, yeah, it was just that, like, there's no shame in anything, like, our own path is our own path, and just take the time and do stuff for yourself. Just do it. Yeah. No, you should be proud of all the work you do, like, yeah. the smallest jobs, little tiny jobs I've had have been the most amazing exactly. things because you get to see the audience reaction yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean it's, it's so lovely yeah. it's lovely people that sometimes don't normally go to the theatre mm, like yeah so yeah so you went on a tour around Scotland yes uh, were you um, in accommodation when you were there or did you go back home each time how did you find kind of being in different locations uh, a lot of the time um, yeah so uh, whenever we were west co like close to Glasgow we'd stay at home um, and then whenever we were further away, um, we went right up to Skye and sh not Shetland, um, somewhere up there that I can't remember the name of, and that's terrible. But we went right up to the Highlands, and um, it, being away from, I'm quite a homeboy. Like I chose to stay in Glasgow. I love Glasgow, um, and I I struggle. I I struggle being away from home. I get really homesick. I'm really close with my mum. It was hard, but <laughs> you. <laughs> And then you go into the rehearsals or you go into the show and you feel like you can't bring that with you, you know, especially when you're away from home. Like, um, I did Panto away from home as well and I'm doing it again this year and that's even harder being away at Christmas time. And, um, yeah, no, it's, it's hard. It's hard, yeah. What do you think you'll do to keep on top of your mental health when you are away for Panto? Hypothetically. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, this year I'm really lucky. I'm doing it with a really close friend of mine Jennifer and we've got a flat together and so I know that that's that's I'm really like that'll be great I've got Jen and we'll we'll be great um oh so last year um I would I would go to this um we got free cinema passes and I would go to the cinema myself and I would go and just do things myself and that's only something I'm learning to do now like I actually quite like going to the theater on my own um yeah and the cinema um yeah just doing things for myself on my days off and sleep, like get some sleep, like yeah. I'm gonna just try and sleep and not drink as much this year. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you've recently made the decision to move to London. Yeah. Um that is such a huge change. I remember what, like four and a half years more than that. Five years? Five years? Four four and a half years ago when I moved down and I remember 
you know, leaving, saying goodbye to my dad, saying goodbye to my mom and moving down here and just literally like crying my eyes out. And it felt like I'd just shot this massive chap, like this massive chapter on my life. And it was the most horrendous feeling ever. But then I, I remember when everything was, you know, really settled in. I was like, this is what I've always wanted. This is so exciting. But I just like, I, I miss my family so much. And I think that's the thing as an actor, you know, we don't get to, well, not necessarily as an actor, we don't get to see, just growing up in general, like you, you make decisions, you fly, you fly from your little nest. And it is hard and it's hard to stay on top of your mental health when that first happens. I was six, no, I was 18 when I first moved. Obviously you were 22. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? I have, like, I cannot tell you, like, I am so anxious about it. Like, it's it's still something that's very much up in the air, but I, I'm, I'm planning on it. Um, it's, I'm, like, like I said, I'm very, very close to my parents, and I'm very passionate about the Scottish industry and the Scottish theatre scene, and I'm, I'm really scared that I'm shutting a door, in a way. Um, but I'm not, because it's there, and it's a train ride home, or a plane ride home. I'm... I feel like I've built this little life for myself in Glasgow and this little like community. But then every time I come down to London, I've got I've got a community here too. So it's just moving from one to the other. And I think just staying on top, taking the time to phone friends, taking the time, again, I keep saying it, sorry, but self-care, like please just do things for yourself. Hopefully it will be okay. Like I'm sure it'll be okay. Like please be my friends, you too. Oh my God, babes, come stay over. Um, and let's just talk about addition anxiety oh God. Um, how long have you suffered from that like probably my whole life but yeah. um, I think it really took off as I like became 16 17 and mm. you know like, you're going through puberty and like um, coming to not coming to terms because I think I was quite obviously always gay but like yeah, yeah. but like yeah living in Clayvine can come in out you know and well yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> um Living in somewhere like Claybank, I, I keep saying, like, Claybank's not... I love Claybank, it's a great place. You know, like, it's very much like a working-class town and, like, coming out to my mum and dad and being that guy that does the theatre thing and goes to London sometimes. Like, I was really scared to be a stereotype and I think I've fought my whole life about, against not being not a stereotype, but here I am sat with, like, a little mixed T-shirt on and, like, really tight jeans. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's when the anxiety kicked in and I think, you know, as I, as I went to drama school... Just as I went to drama school, obviously, like that, I had a very traumatic experience just before I went, and I think that upped my anxiety to a whole new level. Um, and it's something that I'm still working on. It's something that's fed back to me constantly. It's something that, you know, on the day I wake up and I'm going to this audition, and I'm like, it's okay, like, I can only do what I can do, and I can't change what I look like. I can't change what I sound like. I can only go in and do what I can do, and you can take it or leave it. It's not personal. It's not personal. And it's it is what it is but and I'm like you know go in and be the solution don't be the problem they're looking for you know and you, you, you tell yourself all of this and you wake up and you can be really positive about it and then it's the 30 minutes before I get there uh, it just kicks in something in me changes I was with a friend today that was going to an audition and he was so positive all day and then 20 minutes we, well we got on the tube but he was only a 20 minute ride and as soon as we stepped on the tube he was like I'm sweating mate like oh man and I don't and because I'm a very shaky person it's it's some it's a skill set. It's a, auditioning's a skill set, right? Like I would say it is. It's still something that I'm learning. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. It takes time to learn it, absolutely. Like, I always have the shits before I have an audition because I get too. so anxious. I, it's really bad. It is important. I've got yeah. Idea, so I support that. Yeah. Oh, hiya. Yeah. Um, no, and it's definitely something that it, it you do get better at, but then you still have those kind of off off days. Like I remember our first in-house edition at uh, Arts Ed. It was for um, David Grinrod and Will Burton, and I was terrified. Like, I don't know why I wore heels to begin with because it made my legs shake. I never wear heels to an edition now because I'm five foot nine, and but then. And then if the fu- I find that if I'm a d- if I've got a few auditions coming up, I'll go in. I'll be like, "This is great. This is great." If I haven't had an audition for a couple of months, I then get that back yeah. again. And I'm like, "Can I remember how to do this? Like, what what am I going to say? Am I going to make myself sound sound stupid?" So, it's definitely something that I think yeah. most people have. I think. Well, I'm tending to find that auditioning comes in bouts. Like, I'm, I still feel quite fresh out of drama school. It's only been a year. Um, it comes in bouts like it, it's quiet then it comes and I think the hard thing is is because auditioning is a skill set that you learn like you can't really learn until you leave drama school or if you start a drama school um yeah it, it's because you're not an, always in regular practice of it you it's something you have to have regular practice of which is why I think workshops and stuff like that are important and going yeah. to these casting workshops and yeah. things like that open editions like I've just started going to everything because it's it's a skill yeah. set not even necessarily for the job that sounds terrible like of course I want the job but just to practice yeah, yeah how have you managed to stay on top of your mental health maybe recently and get the balance between being creative, being an actor, and balancing personal life, family life, all that side of it. Because it's not always easy, you know. Yeah. Obviously, personal life's a whole blooming di- kettle, yeah, different kettle of fish. Is that the same? Yeah, it's yeah. everyone has issues. Everyone's We're all issues, yeah. battling something, every single one of us, yeah. um, be it small or big. big. Um, how have you managed to deal with that? Um. I've said it so many times, but self-care, literally just taking times for myself, uh, time to myself. You know, some sometimes, like, I've only recently just started being able to say with my mum, if it's a day off and I'm not doing anything, and do, like, I don't know if your mums do this, but like, you wake up, if you sleep past nine o'clock in the morning and you get up and it's like, good afternoon, and you're like, <laughs> get up, get up. Um, it's only been recently that I've been able to be like, you know what, today I just really have to stay in bed and have a Domino's, like, and... They don't always understand that because my parents, my parents are close to seventy. They're in a different generation, so they don't always understand that. But they're they're starting to, I think. Um, I wouldn't say that I've completely got on top of it. It's something I'm still learning to manage, and I actually think it's something that's put me off move, moving to London for quite a while. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's my answer. Did I answer it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And what advice would you? give to anyone that's maybe experienced grief um, maybe experienced not wanting to take the next step because they're you know so so yeah. worried anxious what would you say you know now looking back in the place you're in just now having went away several times yeah, yeah what would you say <sighs> it's it's no it's okay um it's going to get harder before it gets better. I think that's fair to say. You know, grief is something that... It never goes away. You know, like, I'm I'm still grieving Reagan, like, all of the time. Like, every day. And 
there's times where you feel guilt like it's been gosh I think it's been five years now since yeah and I think um you know yeah it never goes away but there is times where you you have a good day and you don't necessarily think about it and then it comes into your head and you're like oh I'm such a bad person I've not thought about this today and I think grief within a family is really difficult because you're you're grieving for your loss, but then you're grieving for your family's loss, like you're grieving for your mum that's lost her granddaughter, your brother that's lost his, his daughter, and your nieces and nephews that have lost their brother and sister. Um, I it's never going to go away, but it does it does get easier. It I wouldn't say it gets better. You you kind of just learn to live with it. It becomes part of your normal. It becomes part it becomes part of who you are. Like it's just something that you you wear and it's okay and I think it's learning to talk about it in a positive way as time goes on you know it's been five years and it's hard and it's raw and it's tough but you know I'm still able to like talk to my friends and her friends and my family and laugh like like mind that time that you know so like it it doesn't I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say it gets better and people may disagree but I think it just gets easier question mark um more bearable gosh that sounds terrible that sounds really negative no. it becomes something you learn to live with learn to manage something you learn to manage yeah, yeah there we go yeah. do you think you could walk into a room today be it colleagues friends rehearsal room and say i'm having a bad mental health day i don't know sometimes yes sometimes no sometimes i feel really empowered and like important and like I'm gonna fight this this is important so some days yes some days no I don't think I could walk into my B job like my normal job and say it I could maybe walk into a creative room like yeah I can talk about it with my friends and my family for sure yeah yeah that's so great (laughs) yeah so we're just gonna play a little game are you ready it's called finish the sentence hey (laughs) so (laughs) so my guilty pleasure is Spice Girls. In the future, I want to... Make a difference. Oh, love it. My favourite thing to do in the toilet is... Poo. <laughs> <laughs> I love pooing. Like, I really do. It's so relaxing. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's nothing worse it's than a rushed poo. Yeah. I couldn't live without... My mum. Oh. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. When I have a bad day, I... Play with my dog. The worst drunk story I have is... Oh, Amy, you could tell a few. <laughs> um, actually, me and Amy's really good friend, uh, Leila, uh, we got really drunk once when we were about 16 and um, we were on a bridge and we were crossing this bridge. That, that sounds very dramatic, like a flyover over a canal. And I was skipping and I knocked into Leila and Leila fell and cut herself so much that she had a fit. And I phoned an ambulance because, you know, she had a fit. And then she came back round and I hung up the ambulance because I was really scared that we were going to get caught drinking. And then Leila had to go to hospital the next day and she's still got scars to this day. Oh my gosh. This is why you don't drink with the Scots, especially a Glaswegian. Um, A word I use too much is... Shit. I love Scarlett because... She's great. (laughs) Aidan, thank you so much for coming on Industry Minds. We love you. We hope this interview has been insightful. Um, Definitely has to mean Kathy, Catherine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Catherine Bear. Um, We will link Aidan's blog onto our social media for those to take a little look at. It is absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. (laughs) 
If you would like to be featured on the podcast or you just have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, please email us at industrymindsuk at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at at industrymindsuk. We are on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, give us a wee cheeky five stars if you like what you hear. Thank you for listening and we will see you very, very soon. Bye.